Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays wherever you may be across this great country or this great land, right off the top. Thursday, in my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee, the Indianapolis Colts traveling in to take on the Tennessee Titans in a battle for first place in the AFC South, and gambling is now legal in Tennessee and in Indiana and in Pennsylvania and in New Jersey and in Illinois and in Iowa and in West Virginia and in Colorado. So, If you are interested and you have not yet signed up, fanduel.com slash clay. That's fanduel.com slash clay. You pick your side, either the Colts or the Titans. You wager $5, you can win $125. Again, pick your side, Thursday night football, big game, Colts on the road against the Titans. Wager $5, take the Colts. Wager $5, take the Titans. Whoever wins that game, you'll get a 25-to-1 payout. You get $125 back. Pick a side and you can win at fanduel.com slash clay. Heck of an offer. All right. Uh, A lot to dive into today. We start with now that the NFL Week 9 is complete. With my top five, bottom five NFL teams, best team in the NFL right now is the Steelers. They're 8-0. Why should you be nervous if you're a Steeler fan? They've won five games by seven or less. At times, they have been wobbly. Last three games have effectively come down to the very end. They could have lost all three. 5-0 in one-score games. Probably most NFL teams are going to be around 3-2, 2-3. Some are going to be 0-5. I'm looking at you, Chargers. So, are the Steelers really that dominant? It's a good question. The team I actually think is the best, even if they don't have the best resume so far, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are 8-1 and right now. They've played to their level of competition. I have the Chiefs as the second best team in the NFL right now. In the third spot, how about the Saints? I've got the Saints at 6-2 and coming off the beatdown that they put on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Second win of the season against the Bucs. Tom Brady's team got wrecked. I've got the Saints as the top team in the NFC. If I were predicting right now who is going to be in the Super Bowl, I would go with Chiefs and Saints and Tampa playing against each other. In the four spot, I would go with the Ravens uh, at 6-2, and two, big win for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens going on the road against the Colts. And in the five spot, I would go uh, probably with the Seahawks, although there are a bunch of teams that could have an argument that they are the fifth best team in the NFL. Titans could. Bills could. Packers could. Among others. But right now, I've got the Seahawks at five. We'll see what the Titans do on Thursday. Again, fanduel.com slash clay. 25 to 1 offer. We'll see what the Titans do. We'll also see, uh, on top of the Titans, what the Packers are capable of and also uh, what will end up happening 
with the Bills who are sitting at 7-2 and two and also just outside my top five. So there you have it. Steelers 1, Chiefs 2, Saints 3, Ravens 4, Seahawks 5. The list of sadness, the five worst teams in the NFL right now, Giants 28th, uh, the Washington Redskins or Washington football team 29, Cowboys 30th. That's three of the four teams in the NFC East who are the five worst This division, the NFC East, is incomprehensibly bad. I've got the Jags at 31 and I've got the Jets at the 32nd spot as they are now 0-9. Speaking of last night, the Patriots are done. Not good. Awful. A very bad football team. Yes, they found a way to win 30-27 thanks to that awful decision by Joe Flacco with just under six minutes to go to try to throw the deep ball. It got picked off. The Jets came back and ended up losing, couldn't get a first down after the Patriots tied it at 27. Then the defense was atrocious and you end up with a decent throw from Cam Newton. Cam's washed. Cam is finished. I don't think he'll ever be a starting quarterback in the NFL after this year. Uh, We have seen plenty from him and the results have not been good. He feels like a uh, backup quarterback at best. I'm not sure that he's ever going to be a backup quarterback or willing to do it. Uh, But the Patriots are bad. They got the win over the Jets. Now, I want to hit on this. My Corona Bro foe, Darren Ravel. Did you guys see this? Last night, Darren Ravel, who has been sliding into my mentions obsessively since all the way back in April, basically, talking about the coronavirus and how dangerous it is and everything else. Well, your buddy, the Corona Bro, Darren Ravel, slid into my mentions again last night. I tweeted, and I think this is kind of a big deal, Uh, I tweeted that the NFL's chief medical officer said there has not been one documented case of COVID-19 being contracted in play-in sports anywhere in the world. That seems like a kind of big deal, right? Again, if you haven't heard it, because you probably haven't because you only hear bad news about COVID, the NFL's chief medical officer said there has not been a documented case of COVID-19 being contracted anywhere in play in sports in the world, okay? I tweeted out our article from OutKick and I said, but the Corona Bros said, and then Darren Ravel, King Corona Bro, slides into the mentions and says, fun to see how desperate you are now getting for engagement, all right? Didn't talk to him. He's been sliding into my mentions for a while. Uh, I caught up. I hadn't been on my, had my phone on me. A couple hours later, I saw his comment. I responded, congrats. This is the least self-aware tweet I have ever seen in the history of Twitter. And Corona bro, Darren Ravel, blocked me. It's a fatal victory. Flawless victory. If you remember Mortal Kombat back in the day, I basically pulled Darren Ravel's heart out and held it still beating up for his face I would enjoy you guys continuing to talk with Darren Ravel uh, the king of the Corona Bros but he has basically thrown in the towel and acknowledged that all of his arguments about why you couldn't play uh, during COVID was wrong and now he's gotten dunked on so many times and so repeatedly that he has thrown in the white towel it's a really pretty pathetic move Uh, I don't have anything against Darren I like him I've known him 15 years I think he's lost his mind over COVID as many people have in the world of sports but 
whenever you are so utterly defeated that you block someone who is in your industry, I just don't think I've ever done that. Uh, I, I really don't. Now, uh, I occasionally will block someone, but it's usually somebody who sends me like 20 tweets in a row. And it's certainly not somebody that I'm sliding in their mentions. The only person else I can think of who has done this is Jamel Hill. Double flawless victories for me. Congratulations to Darren Ravel for joining Jamel Hill in I've been dunked on so many times protocol that they run and hide from yours truly. Remember Darren previously uh, said he would come on the radio show and then his bosses said that they didn't want him to go on the radio show so he didn't do it. And uh, as a result, I mean, frankly, it's just embarrassing for him. So the Corona Bros have lost their leader. There's no one really to fight for them anymore. And as I said, good night, sweet Corona Bro Prince. Darren Ravel is no more. Uh, A couple of other thoughts out here. The SEC is dealing with a Halloween fallout. All right. All the Corona Bros are fired up. SEC players, and I'd like to say that I'm surprised or that I blame them, but do you know what the best weekend is on any college campus? Do you know what the best weekend is if you're in single and in your 20s and you are uh, a male? It's Halloween. Girls dress scandalously. Everybody goes out and parties. The overall weekend is one big celebration surrounding Halloween. It doesn't get much better on a college campus. And it's not a surprise to me that teams that are not that good, all of a sudden, those guys are seeing the Instagram pictures. They're seeing what all the girls are wearing. They know what the parties are going on. And they broke COVID protocol. And they went to the parties. And now they are getting tested. And they're finding out that they are positive for a virus they would not know they have unless they were testing for it constantly. And so... There are issues with how are you going to decide to finish out the season. There may have to be a bunch of games that get postponed this weekend. Now, the challenge becomes the SEC built in one week on December 12th to be able to make up games. What happens in a scenario like LSU where you already have a game scheduled on December 12th, that is when LSU is scheduled to play at Florida. Well, I think and this is just me guessing, there are a couple of plays that are uh, available here. One, the SEC could say, we're going to give preference to playing division games, and so we will eliminate some non-division games. In that case, we would have, if Alabama and LSU, for instance, had to be canceled, postponed, we would cancel LSU-Florida, and we would play Alabama-LSU because it's a division game. It's also possible that the SEC tries to move back the SEC championship game, but that would require that there be a a change in the overall schedule in terms of when the playoff is going to be announced because that right now is happening on December 20th. I don't know what the solution is. The SEC is fortunate that they've gotten almost all of their games in given the fact that the Big Ten is going to play eight regular season games at most. And given the fact that the Pac-12 is going to play seven regular season games at most and in fact that they've already canceled some of those games, I wonder if the SEC is just going to say, hey, we might have to cancel a few games. That's okay because we're going to get the majority of our season in. The truth of the matter is 
Alabama and Florida are the only two teams that still are contending to win their respective divisions and Texas A&M is the only team that is contending to potentially be in the playoff. The other 11 teams, we've played enough to know who the best teams are. So I'm kind of intrigued to see exactly how that's going to go down uh, as they decide which games can be played uh, and which games cannot be played. Some of these games that like for instance we've got Missouri and Vanderbilt rescheduled on December 12th. Does anybody really see, need to see Missouri and Vanderbilt play? Is that a game where the fan bases are like oh my god if I don't see Missouri and Vanderbilt play I'm never going to fill whole as a human again? Um, I think that's probably a, a game that could be, re, uh, could be go ahead and cancel and not feel like you're losing in the grand scheme of things. This is a story that I think is interesting. The NFL has voted on a couple of new rules. First of all, if the NFL... So we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen in the SEC in that respect. The NFL right now has voted on a new mandate for the postseason. If they have to cancel any games at all, they are going to expand the playoff to include eight teams from the AFC and eight teams from the NFC. It's a pretty big rule change. Uh, In particular, what it would do is eliminate the bye week for everyone in the NFL and expand the overall playoffs to 16 teams out of 32. In other words, half of all the teams would make the playoffs and effectively there would be no real advantage for finishing as the number one overall seed but for the fact that you would get to play at home the whole rest of the season. Now the challenge here is there's not a really big home field advantage this year unless... Maybe you're in Green Bay and the weather is awful. Maybe you're in a dome and you have the ability to have built a team that is better indoors than outdoors. But in terms of the crowd or the overwhelming home field advantage, it's not really going to exist this year, it doesn't appear. And this would be an intriguing move because you're changing the rules halfway through the season where you're telling people, hey, there's no real incentive to be able to uh, be the overall number one team we had already eliminated the second playoff spot. Also, the NFL is now rewarding teams that develop minority coaching candidates and I think this is just going to be a disaster. If you have a minority coach who is hired away then you could get a compensatory pick in the third round. I think this is a disastrous decision by the NFL. Let me explain why. First of all, It's not a smart decision in the NFL which is a meritocracy to be rewarding teams based on who their coach is based on the color of the coach's skin. But also, this could actually discourage a team from hiring a minority candidate because they might not want to give the the team that they're hiring from a better draft picks. Third round draft picks can be pretty valuable. So if you're already competing and trying to beat a team do you really want to give them additional picks? To me this is just flawed reasoning in the NFL. What we need to rely on is the wisdom of markets. Look, if there aren't coaches being hired because of racism then guess what? The solution is your franchise should not be racist and they would be able to succeed at a higher level than the racist franchises would because you would be able to find talent that is being overlooked and that would ultimately right itself because the NFL is a copycat league, all right? So if you are hiring people 
that are undervalued and they overperform, this is like getting a great stock for a reduced value. Eventually, the markets adjust. This sort of subsidy that is being put in place, a draft pick subsidy, to me is a flawed metric in order to try to correct anything in the NFL. It doesn't make very much sense to me at all. All right. We'll be live at 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Mountain, 2 o'clock Pacific. Want to thank all of you for supporting OutKick so thoroughly. Go pick your side right now. Titans or Colts. Thursday night football here in Nashville. FanDuel.com slash Clay. That's FanDuel.com slash Clay. You wager $5. You can win $125. That's FanDuel.com slash Clay. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. My name is Clay Travis. This is OutKick the Show. Kisses for the haters. I couldn't have done it without you. This has been OutKick. I'm hopping over to do television now after I go pick up my kids at school. Thanks for watching. Appreciate all of you. And brand new shirts, by the way. I'm told that you kids like these pocket tees, that these are white hot. Great background on this shirt as well. You can go to OutKick. We got a ton of gear up, including all sorts of Halloween. No, Christmas sweaters, I'm told. I can't even keep up with it all. OutKick.com. Thank you, guys. See ya.